It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. If you think corporate media or any official agency is telling you the truth about anything that matters, think again. The past was erased. The erasure was forgotten. The lie became truth. A timeless nugget of wisdom from George Orwell. Fascism is a system of government in which there is no separation of powers. The executive is in control of all branches of the state apparatus, including the judiciary. It's designed to maintain and expand the power of the state for the benefit of capitalist ruling classes. Fascism is characterized by the use of force and terror to maintain its control. Sound familiar? Now add the bottom line factor of unfolding and accelerating biosphere collapse. All those that are either actively or passively supporting the crimes of the controllers and covering up the totality of biosphere collapse are every bit as guilty as the perpetrators of the countless crimes that are so rapidly determining our collective fate. But are the controllers and their faithful minions the only guilty parties? No. Consider the following quote from Paul Phillips, which is, unfortunately, all too accurate. The majority of the human population has allowed itself to be deceived through ignorance, deception, stupidity, chronic apathy, or a serious lack of curiosity and questioning all somewhat bolstered by cynicism. Consumerism rules. As long as their bellies are full and their heads are filled with mindless entertainment or other gratuitous distraction, they're happy. Genetic cloning is unnecessary. Cloning has already been done. Care of the effects of mass media brainwashing. How many are there who are awake, aware, and searching for verifiable truths that feel caught between the proverbial hammer and the anvil, i.e., between a power structure that is clinically insane and populations that are willfully asleep at the wheel. For the record, we're almost out of time. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news hour, covering the news that no one wants to hear. But ignoring the fact that the ship is sinking won't keep it afloat. Breaking bad news headlines in a moment, but first, a short rant that's due, as total collapse is perilously close and the majority are still oblivious. The current course of the human race is comparable to the occupants of a car traveling at 100 miles an hour, 10 feet from impact into a concrete wall. Are the occupants concerned about the imminent impact? No. They're arguing about which CD to play while pushing the gas pedal to the floor. Impact is imminent and close. Count on it. Brace for it. The bottom line of unfolding biosphere collapse, which is the core causal factor fueling countless forms of unfolding societal insanity, is now being ignored by almost all, not just mainstream media, but alternative media as well. Why? Unfolding biosphere collapse is continuing to force total controller desperation. The first major links in the chain to break will very likely be due to the power structure playing their cards, and they hold many. How is it not yet clear to most that a long and elaborate script is being played out, which is now being radically ramped up? Because biosphere collapse has unfolded far faster than the controllers anticipated. 
previous power structure protocols of paring down populations didn't get the job done in time. Thus, so-called warp speed provisions were implemented. In their insanity and arrogance, power structures around the world believed they could continue to delay climate collapse with climate intervention operations, while simultaneously utilizing the same operations for other purposes of power and control. Our war against nature is a war against ourselves. Planetary omnicide looms over us all. Most will continue to claim that these database conclusions are wrong. Only alarmism, they say. Wait and see. You won't have to wait for long. Let's cover some breaking headlines, starting with this from the paid disinformation actors at the Weather Channel. USA 4% to 40% solar by 2050 will never happen. So-called green energy, which isn't. It's a better alternative than the straight-out burning of hydrocarbon fuels, but it is by no means green. Those that want to better understand that unpleasant truth, again, view and search planet of the humans. And in regard to the date of 2050, we won't make it that far, or 2040, or 2030. However difficult that may be to accept, current available statistics and mathematical trajectories make clear that we are hitting the wall now, and that by mid-decade, this decade, our reality, short of a complete change of direction by the human race, will be bleak beyond imagination. Next upbeat headline from the UK Guardian and other sources. Larger than usual. This year's ozone layer hole is bigger than Antarctica. How many headlines have we seen that over so many years that tried to claim all of it was getting better? Go back to sleep. Go about your business. Go shopping. Buy something. And what did geoengineeringwatch.org say the entire time for the last decade and a half? That all of that was a lie. That the ozone layer was continuing to deteriorate and disintegrate. From this report, scientists say ozone hole is unusually large for this stage in the season and growing quickly. The 2020 Arctic ozone hole was also very large and deep and peaked at roughly three times the size of the continental U.S. Scientists accept that the depletion in the ozone layer is caused by human-made gases called CFCs. That is a less than a half truth. That is only one part of the equation. The report continues, the ozone layer has shown signs of recovery, a lie, but they say it's a slow process and it will take until the 2060s or 70s. Total Pollyanna. The science community is nothing but paid liars at this point, almost across the board. Final sentence from this report, when temperatures start to rise high up in the stratosphere, late in the southern hemisphere spring, ozone depletion slows, the polar vortex weakens. The polar vortex tied to the ozone depletion, which is tied most directly to climate engineering. There can be no legitimate discussion of climate, anything, without first and foremost addressing and acknowledging and discussing the climate intervention operations, period. What does all this do to wildlife? We can only begin to quantify that. It's contaminating the entire planet. And in addition to the atmospheric aerosol sprayed dispersions of highly toxic particles, they are manipulated with extremely powerful radio frequency microwave transmissions from ionosphere heater installations like HARP in Alaska and from massive networks of smaller ground-based transmitters. What's it doing to, for example, the birds? Let's consider this headline from last week. Another ongoing headline of the same type. Birds continue to fall from the sky and die all over the world. 
It's a wonder any are left at this point. We know insect populations are down 80 to 90%. If the insects can't make it, how long do we really think we're going to be here? Another headline from DW.com in Germany. Solar geoengineering. Can we cool the planet? Question mark. This is a major media source, like all the other major media sources, and the whole of academia pretending that the elephant in the sky of climate engineering isn't really there. It's just our imagination. This report states the last chance to stop global warming or a delusion of grandeur, question mark, their statement, not mine. But this seemingly simple solution report states also possesses some considerable risks, really. They continue, some scientists fear it could lead to an increase in extreme weather conditions. Could lead to? Have these people taken a look around lately? They go on to say this, it could trigger acid rain or damage the ozone layer. Critics even view the technology as a potential climate weapon. Forgive me if I rant for a moment, but I am sick and tired of screaming my lungs out for 20 years and hearing my own voice echo back at me while the planet goes down in flames. When will the population wake up to the blatantly, glaringly obvious climate engineering operations in our skies that are shredding the ozone layer, that are being used for weather weapons? It's the crown jewel weapon of the military-industrial complex, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault, and that includes the U.S. population. This report continues, scientists like David Keith from Harvard University want to artificially mimic this volcano effect. Again, as if it's not going on already, how many blue skies do we see? How many see blue skies anymore? In every commercial, everything you see is cloudy, dingy, dirty, There's almost no blue skies left anywhere, and no one cares. They don't seem to care at all. They will when the planet's life support systems cease to function altogether. The report continues with this. The theory behind it is known as stratospheric aerosol injection, SAI, or solar radiation management, or cloud albedo enhancement. There are plenty of science terms that describe exactly what we see. Jet aircrafts spraying light scattering highly toxic particles into the atmosphere to block some of the sun's incoming thermal energy in order to temporarily cool daytime highs in some regions at the cost of decimating the planet's life support systems, toxifying every breath we take, destroying the ozone layer, and completely disrupting the hydrological cycle, and much, much more than that. And this is a so-called cure. This is the final card they have to play to save us from an imploding planet and its imploding life support systems. Total planetary asylum. That's what we live in at this point. From the report, this as well. In order to make it permanently cooler, really, this is a fix. We're going to fly jets around from now on, spraying this into our skies. The aerosols would need to be put into the stratosphere over decades and over large areas. Achieving this would require balloons, artillery, airplanes, or even huge towers. Stop and stand back and think about this from a so-called scientist, Dr. David Keith, again, whom I confronted in an international climate science geoengineering conference and they banned me from all future conferences that can be seen on the geoengineering watch documentary the dimming we're going to build huge towers what towers what 20 miles high this is total insanity as as if the jet aircraft flying around is not the obvious factor in this equation and yet the so-called climate science community tries to convince us that this tech cure is safe and effective like other tech cures that we're told the same about that aren't so much. This is across the board. This is a total epidemic of willful deception and destruction coming from the so-called experts that we are told to blindly trust. 
from the military industrial complex to the medical industrial complex, all part of the same cancer at this point, all of it funded from the same source. Those who print the money, they control everything down the ladder, educational institutions, so-called public protection agencies like the EPA, they control all of it from top to bottom. The report goes on to say this so far, it's barely been tested referring to climate engineering. How deep can the deception go and how long will the public choose to accept it as opposed to facing the truth? And there's this insane so-called solution from the so-called climate science community, ocean foaming. From that report, scientists are researching how to cool the planet by covering large parts of the ocean with artificial foam. This process is also known as, quote, ocean foaming. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Or microbubbles. Sounds like a Tide detergent commercial. The idea of microbubbles in the ocean is making a foam to reflect away some of the portion of incoming solar radiation and to deploy it in strategic locations where you could possibly effectuate certain climate outcomes, explains Corey Gabriel, a climate scientist from the University of California, San Diego. Scientists have suggested that the foam could be stirred up with the help of specialized ships or container ships around the world could deploy it in different areas of the ocean. The impact, they say, that huge amounts of sea foam could have on marine ecosystems is still unclear. Its potential impacts on the climate as well as local weather events would also be very difficult to control. Is the bigger picture becoming clear yet? These are not proposals. They're ongoing operations that are and have been wreaking havoc on what is left of the planet's life support systems. Search ocean foaming and look at some images. And yes, the quote experts will tell you it's all just natural. Just like they claim with the geoengineering jet trails that put grid patterns in our skies and or spreading lingering toxic filth that has all but eliminated our once brilliant blue skies and we get to breathe all of it as it settles down to the surface What a circus of insanity, a planetary asylum. So how's the web of life doing? What's left of it, at least? This headline, with low stocks and closures looming, Bering Sea Crab Fleet braces for another blow. From that report, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game announced that all major crab stocks are down. It's big news, and it's hitting our industry really hard, said Jamie Gowen, executive director for Alaska Bering Sea Crabbers, a trade association representing commercial crab harvesters. He stated, we're disappointed and deeply concerned. You should be deeply concerned because the oceans are dying. They're converting to what is known as Canfield Ocean, a lifeless, superheated, stratified, oxygenless dead zone. That's what's occurring. Another headline, same theme, North Atlantic winter cyclones starve seabirds. That's not the only thing starving seabirds. They have nothing to eat. Fisheries are collapsing. The forager fish are collapsing because plankton are collapsing. But the experts just can't seem to connect the dots because that's what they're paid to do, to not know. More headlines on unfolding environmental carnage. For the second year in a row, large numbers of wild reindeer are found dead along Russian River. The Russian Environmental Ministry said that the large flock might have lost their sense of orientation because of low visibility caused by smoke from wildfires in Siberia. The ministry went on to state that all the dead reindeer, some 1,200 of them, died of drowning. Again, for the second year in a row. The experts would never lie to us, would they? More on Siberia. Siberia's wildfires dwarf all others on the globe combined. More than 300 wildfires burned simultaneously. Over 43 million acres have incinerated so far this year alone. Should we be worried, the report asks. 
Yes, according to scientists and activists, nearby villages in Siberia end up blanketed with toxic smoke, meaning the residents end up breathing unhealthy air and living in apocalyptic-looking landscapes. Just like California, isn't it? And countless other locations around the world. The planet's life support systems are going up in flames. Climate intervention operations are a core causal factor, and mainstream media doesn't say a word. Yet, they have hours to devote to scripted political theater and whole segments, as I saw last week, on a single missing person. Report states roughly 65% of Russia is also covered by permafrost. As this permafrost thaws due to fires and warming temperatures, soil microbes begin to decompose and release even more CO2 into the atmosphere along with methane. For the last decade and a half, Geoengine Watch.org has tried to sound the alarm on the methane monster in the Arctic. A greenhouse gas, they say, that's around 30 times more potent than carbon. No, that's false. 30 times more potent over a nearly 100-year time horizon. Over a 10-year time horizon, it's about 120 times more potent than CO2, but they won't tell you that because that would paint a much more dire and immediate picture, so they lie about it over and over and over on so many factors. So many data sets are being completely lied about, falsified, all of it to mask the true severity and immediacy of what's unfolding from the public until the last possible moment. We don't face what many understand as global warming or benign-sounding, quote, climate change. What we face, what we are already neck deep in, is more accurately termed an abrupt climate collapse. Once thresholds are crossed, once breaking points are reached, and they have been, the climate and life support systems of the planet enter a phase of cascading collapse. The scenario we face could not be more non-linear. It is an exponential equation, exponential beyond comprehension. There is an unimaginable pressure, i.e. energy, built up in the climate system. Climate intervention operations have further fueled the overall heating of the planet. Geoengineering has created short-term, highly toxic surface cooldowns at the cost of a worsened overall heating. Climate engineering has radically accelerated the demise of the planet's life support systems across the entire spectrum. Here is what we face. Consider this example. Pressure can and does build up between Earth's tectonic plates for extended time frames. But once the pressure can no longer be held back, the pressure is released. It happens at blinding speed in the form of a catastrophic earthquake. That scenario most accurately depicts the path the climate system is on at this moment. Another headline from NPR, National Propaganda Radio. Sheltering inside may not protect you from the dangers of wildfire smoke. The report states homes that used air filters in addition to closing windows and doors were able to cut the amount of those tiny PM 2.5 particles floating inside them by half, according to research from the University of California, Berkeley. What don't they tell you? The climate engineering particulates are in the 20 to 80 nanometer range, as we proved with our atmospheric testing with a NOAA flying lab at geoengineeringwatch.org, which means those particles are so small, none of this filtration does anything to stop them. They are ubiquitous everywhere, even inside your home. They enter through your nasal passages, pass through your olfactory nerve into your bloodstream where they can cross the blood-brain barrier. Is it any wonder that Alzheimer's and dementia are off the scale? And that core causal factor is aluminum, as I've been over in broadcast after broadcast. According to peer-reviewed study, there would be no Alzheimer's or dementia in the normal human lifespan of 100 years without aluminum. Where's all that aluminum coming from? Is it coming from the burning forests? No, it's coming from climate engineering operations Core element named in climate engineering patents, aluminum nanoparticulates, exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org found in our testing that's fully documented in the dimming documentary film.
Next headline, global study, wildfire smoke kills people in cities far from fires. Question, why aren't more Americans aware of the many respiratory deaths that are occurring and increasing from the months-long toxic smoke canopies that are held in place via ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat domes with ongoing aerosol spraying operations occurring directly on top of the smoke banks, as time-lapse film footage has proven. Americans and populations from other countries are all too often spoon-fed another narrative for the rapidly increasing respiratory mortalities. What are the mortalities attributed to in many cases? That blank isn't hard to fill in. Moving on. Summer 2021, hottest on record in contiguous U.S., and all the excess heat was in the western half of the U.S. So think how hot that western half was when they kept the eastern half cooler than normal in many cases. Again, as I've stated over and over in this broadcast, the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world for the last nine years running, eastern half of the U.S. lower 48 the most populated portion of the U.S., and that's why so many in those regions are so confused as to the true state of planetary meltdown. That is by design. Back to the incinerating western half of North America. This headline, partially covered in a previous broadcast, but here's a reminder. We've never seen anything like this before. Salmon Clap sends Alaskans on Yukon River scrambling for scarce alternatives. From that report, for people in the indigenous villages of this part of Alaska, the talk has been about how... This is a fishing season like no other. This summer has been sad because we had no fish, said Herman Hooch. Fish is a part of our diet, and it's always been since we grew up. We've had fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We don't have fish anymore, he added. I don't know what we're going to do. Think about that. How many times on this broadcast have I stated fisheries are collapsing all over the globe, along with crops? i.e. biosphere collapse. The planet can no longer support the weight of the human populations. Question. What should we rationally expect power structures to do at this point? How about exactly what they are doing? Next headline on environmental collapse and carnage. California's disappearing salmon. From that report, what once was a place where life began is now one of untimely death. Along with thirsty crops, dried out wells, and mounting economic loss across the state's agricultural heartland, the drought's second desiccating year is also punishing California's rich wildlife from migratory birds to bears and elk looking for a drink. The Sacramento River, wide and swift, is the world's only habitat for winter-run salmon. Not so much anymore. As far as the forests go, they're dying by the day. The forests that were thriving around my off-grid home in the wilderness only 15 years ago are now deafeningly silent. From the report, environmentalists warn it is the frequency and severity of the drought The quick spring onset of the heat, waters are up 10 degrees too high. The evaporation of vital snowmelt before it hits the rivers, reservoirs, and streams, and the continuing increase in human population and water demand. And there's that undisclosed problem of aluminum flowing through the Sacramento River and every other stream and river on the planet. And I know this because I've been in confidential meetings, reading environmental waste in Northern California, and shown the tests of the Sacramento River with sky-high levels of aluminum, which they have never, ever disclosed. And we hope that through legal action, at some point in the near future, we will be able to push this fact to light. And there's the climate engineering operations that are completely cutting off the flow of precipitation into Western North America. And we know this because we can see it on satellite imagery. And yet, this massive elephant in the equation continues to be denied by all official sources, all so-called experts, all so-called media sources, all protecting their paychecks and pensions while the planet goes down in flames, literally. Next headline, 
Western U.S. faces future of prolonged drought, even with stringent emissions control. That's not what's causing our drought. Climate engineering is, and that's not to deny all the other forms of human damage to the planet. I never, ever deny that. I never would. I never have. But there can be no legitimate discussion to get about climate anything without acknowledging climate engineering. From this report, the western United States is headed for prolonged drought conditions whether greenhouse gas emissions continue to climb or are aggressively reined in, according to the new study published by the American Geophysical Union. It's a peer-reviewed journal. It's a peer-reviewed propaganda piece. That's what it is. Again, paychecks and pensions dictate what these so-called experts say, and they continue to lie and deny the climate engineering elephant in this equation. What about the Newsom election or re-election? Clown number one or clown number two, as if that would ever make any difference in anything we face. It's all theater. And how many are caught up in that theater? Mass political circus of idiocy. And how many are all too willing to participate in it at the cost of completely ignoring the wider horizon? The cutting off of precipitation to the U.S. West is not a future prediction. It's the scheduled weather by the weather intervention operations. Another headline, depleted by drought, lakes Powell and Mead are doomed. And they were doomed from the beginning, the report states. A glimpse into the history of the Colorado River Basin System, how it was designed, and the impacts of climate change shed light on why it was destined to fail. The failing is because climate engineering is thwarting the hydrological cycle in the western U.S. Again, I will state on the record, the laws of physics make clear it must rain more overall on a rapidly warming planet. The atmosphere holds 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming. Frontline data indicates we are already past 3.5 degrees C of warming. All the modeling, including from the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, showed in the 1995 publication from them that the greatest overall increase in precipitation in the entire lower 48 would be in the exact region in which I now live the most droughted out region in the country. What changed? Climate engineering changed. And the manual I have from the IPCC was done in 1995, 1998, when there was a massive ramp in climate engineering operations, again in 2007, again in 2012, and the drought just keeps getting worse. And it is part of the scenario they're using to attempt to try to mask the meltdown in the Arctic and to keep the eastern half of the U.S. cool at the cost of eliminating the planet's remaining life support systems. That is cutting off one's nose to spite one's face. This is the pharmaceutical industrial cure for planet Earth, just like all the commercials that all of us see every day on corporate TV. Take this new pharmaceutical for this particular symptom, and oh, by the way, here's the side effects. And when you get done listening to them, you wonder what person would be insane enough to participate in that whole scenario. And to put this all into context, some 75 years ago, the global controllers committed the entire planet to an experiment from which there is no return without public knowledge or public consent. And we are about to reap the full repercussions of what they have done. How many are still clinging to the notion that if they just roll up their sleeve and do what they're told, everything will go back to, quote, normal? What was the former normal? Here's what it was and still is for the moment. In first world nations, the paradigm of so-called humanity is a paradigm of grinding up nature for short-term profit and short-term personal pursuits of material gain and pleasure. In third world nations, some are trying to find a way to put themselves into the first world paradigm that I've just described, but most are trying to survive just another day. 
But even so, the mass proliferation of the human population continues unabated. But this trajectory is on the cusp of complete collapse. Mass global die-off is already beginning. It will accelerate rapidly, indeed radically. The controllers of the matrix bear immense responsibility for putting the human race on the dead-end road that has now brought us to this dark place. The controllers, i.e. those who print and control the flow of money, who own militaries and thus whole countries, have initiated their agendas. The wheels are turning. It's not hard to fill in the blank to what I'm referring to. Why are so many so willing to continue with their blind obedience to the clinically insane controllers that currently rule the world? Why are so many so willing to allow global power structures to choose who continues on, at least for a short time, and who doesn't? What is it about human nature that makes it so hard for so many to see the wider horizon, to see the proverbial tidal wave that is looming large above all of our heads? How often I hear they would not do this to themselves. How much have they done to themselves already? I've been over this in broadcast after broadcast. It's on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the answers to the most commonly asked questions on climate engineering. All our data is there. Please research there and find out what you don't know. Get answers to your questions. In regard to more of what they are continuing to do to themselves, this headline from last week, building nuclear power plants at sea level. How much sense does that make when it is a given that sea levels are going to rise exponentially and soon. And these plants will then go into total meltdown and the fuel pools will continue to burn into the crust of the planet for who knows how long. There's no technology to fix this. There's no technology to fix Fukushima, which may be an ELE, an extinction level event by itself if other factors don't do the job first, which I would argue will be the case. Let's consider and remember there's some 440 nuclear facilities around the globe, all of which will go into meltdown as the planet's protective layers of atmosphere collapse along with the human race. These plants cannot be cold shut down at that point. 440 Fukushimas coming soon. From the Times of Israel, government report sounds alarm over record sea temperatures and marine trash. Just one small soundbite from the dying oceans all over the globe. When rivers are contaminated, this is another headline, floods are only the first problem. The report states, as floods increase in frequency and intensity, chemicals buried in river sediments become, quote, ticking time bombs waiting to activate. That's the entire planet at this point. It's a toxic waste dump for industrialized, militarized society. Are the controllers to blame? Absolutely. Are many in the population to blame? Yes, again. Why? Because as I've tried to point out so many times, the clinically insane controllers could not carry out their agendas without the active or passive support of the majority population. Think about it. We have seen the enemy and he is us. Moving on again, what is the controller response to biosphere collapse? And again, how is it that so many can be so blind to the wider horizon even at this late hour? Let's ask George Bush Jr., who said this, you can fool some of the people all of the time, and those are the ones you want to concentrate on, end quote. Why is it, and how is it, that the vast majority even now don't see or are unwilling to acknowledge the already unfolding collapse of our former paradigm, which was fatally flawed from the beginning, a global-scale Ponzi scheme fallacy of perpetual expansion on a finite planet with finite resources? Please allow me to do a rewind so I can give an example of how fast collapse occurs. In 1981, pyramid schemes circulated the country, many in Southern California. I was only 19 years old, but I was very perplexed at how many there were who actually believed that everyone who signed up would get their free money payoff. 
I wanted to better understand the spectacle of delusion, so I attended some of the larger gatherings that were held in warehouse buildings with armed guards and hundreds of thousands in cash changing hands. It was a form of euphoric, self-reinforced delusion, a form of intense desire that overrode reason itself. For every individual that reached the top of the pyramid scheme and got their free money, 32 individuals lost $1,000. Is this scheme hard to see through? It couldn't have been more clear to me, and I was 19 years old. The collapse of the pyramids was blindingly abrupt. The moment the delusion was shattered, collapse was immediate. Modern industrialized militarized civilization is and always has been a global pyramid scheme. As biosphere collapse unfolds and accelerates, the controllers are now more desperate than ever to maintain the delusion and their hegemonic control until the last possible moment. In preparation for that moment, which now draws very near, they have set many wheels in motion. Again, these dots are not hard to connect. More headlines. CDC, Centers for Disease Control, changes definition of, quote, vaccine. What is their meaning of not fully vaccinated? You have to be two weeks past the second vaccination before you're considered fully vaccinated. Everything else is not fully vaccinated. What does that do to statistics? Not hard to figure that out. Next headline, Fauci statement. Vaccinate the children, he said. They are, quote, vehicles of spread. Pfizer and BioNTech announced this week that it will soon seek approval from global regulators for use of its coronavirus vaccine in children ages five and over. Next headline, quote, I just want my life back, end quote, says 16-year-old who developed neurological symptoms after Pfizer vaccine. Next headline, New York hospital forced to stop delivering babies after maternity workers resign over vaccine mandate. It seems many health workers are not so anxious to roll up their sleeves. Why not? You decide. Next headline, thousands protest new Turkish vaccine and test rules. All governments following the same script, it seems, aren't they? No matter what surface tensions they seem to want people to focus on, ultimately all towing the same line. Next headline, Germany recommends COVID-19 vaccinations for pregnant women. Next headline, Fauci struggles to explain why people with natural immunity should take the vax. He stated, I don't have a really firm answer for you on that, end quote. Oh, that's a bit troubling. How about this headline? Also from Fauci. He said it may take, quote, many, many more vaccine mandates to get the pandemic under control. The fun never stops in the asylum, does it? In addition to the CV-19 scenario, what other public health crisis is there? A glaring and yet unmentionable crisis, a mental crisis, what is the most pressing great imperative? Reaching the so-called herd immunity? How's that going so far? Is it really missing the mark? Or is that exactly what's planned? Is there a herd condition, herd insanity, a hive mind scenario that is actually the core great imperative that must be dealt with in order for any portion of the human race to have any chance of surviving what's unfolding? If available frontline data is examined honestly and objectively and without preconception and bias, the answer is a resounding yes. If the human race remains on the current course of willful ignorance and inaction, near-term total collapse and potential extinction of our species is kicking in the front door now. Far too many are continuing to live in denial of what is unfolding until we hit the wall at terminal velocity. Far too many have forgotten or willfully abandoned their understanding of our connection to the natural world and to each other. 
Aldous Huxley stated, quote, The propagandist's purpose is to make one set of people forget that certain other sets of people are human. Hannah Arendt, in The Origins of Totalitarianism, pinned in 1951, stated this, Only the mob and the elite can be attracted by the momentum of totalitarianism itself. The masses have to be won by propaganda. Is that not exactly what's occurring and has occurred for far too long already? From Alan Korink, this, Democracy consists of choosing your dictators after they've told you what you want to hear. And there is this. The American people are free to do exactly what they are told. That quote from Ward Churchill. As a Native American scholar, Churchill would know. And my personal lineage, Choctaw, also knew, as the Trail of Tears made clear. More on the dictates of totalitarianism. World Health Organization releases plan for global digital vaccine passports funded by Bill Gates and the Rockefeller Foundation. From that report, the World Health Organization has released a proposal backed by two major globalist organizations that serves as a blueprint for governments to implement a worldwide vaccine passport verification system. The document called Digital Documentation of COVID-19 Certificates Vaccine Status, funded by none other than, again, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. It describes the technical guidance for governments to roll out the program to usher in a global ID scenario in the name of CV-19, of course. Again, global cooperation, CV-19 and climate engineering. It is inarguable. Again, let's ask this question. Would so-called experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci ever lie to us? How could he? If he did, the bioethics department at the National Institute of Health would hold Fauci accountable, right? Not so much. Who is the chief of the National Institute of Health bioethics department? Dr. Christine Grady, Anthony Fauci's wife. Imagine that. The Matrix is a cancer of unimaginable scope and scale that has metastasized itself into every conceivable corner of government, media, the military-industrial complex, the medical-industrial complex, everywhere. Those who control the flow of money control the Matrix. How could it be otherwise? Next headline. Members of Congress and staff exempt from Biden vaccine mandate. Biden issued two executive orders mandating that federal workers, federal contractors, and workers for companies with more than 100 employees take the COVID-19 injection or face unemployment and fines. Many know that part of the story, but how many know this? Again, members of Congress, their staff, and federal court system employees are exempt from the Biden administration's new vaccine mandates. That's according to Newsweek and other sources. I want to do a quick follow-up on the events of 9-11. Another important factor to consider, the censorship of Spike Lee's New York City epicenters is a tragically fitting end to the last 20 years. Even the respected and dauntless filmmaker Spike Lee could not overcome the awesome wrath of the mainstream media that comes down upon any person of influence who dares to challenge the official narrative of 9-11. In the span of three days, Lee went from staunchly defending his decision to include 9-11, quote, conspiracy theories in his eight-hour HBO documentaries, New York City Epicenters 9-11, to removing the entire 30 minutes he had devoted to questioning how the Twin Towers and Building 7 fell. No one is allowed to question official narratives about anything that matters, or they get a boot over their neck, or worse. Just for the record, 
Since bad things seem to consistently happen on specific dates, how many know about the other 9-11? When the CIA toppled the legitimate government of Chile, 9-11-1973, just a single example of many. Business as usual regarding the behavior of crime syndicates that masquerade as legitimate governments. The most brilliant propagandist technique will yield no success unless one fundamental principle is borne in mind constantly and with unflagging attention. It must confine itself to a few points and report them over and over. Here, as so often in the world, persistence is the first and most important requirement for success. Another statement from the Nazi Minister of Propaganda, Josef Goebbels. Another headline from last week, COVID, 9-11, and forever war. Think about that headline and connect the dots while you're considering this quote from George Orwell from 1984. He stated, the war was not meant to be won. It was meant to be continuous. All the puzzle pieces fit together. About Biden, how many know that he has had brain surgeries to treat multiple brain aneurysms. Investigate for yourself. Certainly that could explain a few things, couldn't it? Was the previous occupant of the White House any better? No. Is any occupant of the White House in charge of anything that matters? No. Not since John F. Kennedy. All those since have been nothing more than power structure puppets. Let's cover more headlines, starting with this from the other side of the world. How are things going down under? Not so well. This headline from last week. More and more Australians are seeking to leave the country. In that report, according to figures from the Australian Border Force, the AFB, 37,979 applications were received from individuals hoping to leave the country. A large portion of the applications were rejected. Australia is one of the few countries in the world that require residents to apply for permission before leaving the country. How about that? And this, one in four Australians also reported knowing someone who had committed suicide in the past 12 months. One in four Australians knew someone who had. And there is this headline from last week, Israelis banned from European countries. I wonder why. Let's look at a headline from several weeks ago. Perhaps that'll fill in the blank. How about this from NPR? Highly vaccinated Israel is seeing a dramatic surge in new CV-19 cases. The report stated Israel was the first country on earth to fully vaccinate a majority of its citizens against COVID-19. Now it has one of the world's highest infection rates. Not working out so well, it seems, is it? Don't hear about much of that from mainstream media in, in the U.S., do we? Not much at all. Just about how safe and effective all of it is, and that's why the companies that make these Concoctions have total blanket legal immunity from any and all liability. Backtracking to the Australian exodus I covered a moment ago, CB19 isn't the only concern. It's a response to a far more grave underlying factor as well, biosphere collapse. From Climate Action Australia, quote, tipping point for climate action, time's running out to avoid catastrophic heating. Correction, time has run out. We are past the point of no return, past that probably two decades ago, and have been accelerating toward the concrete wall ever since, as I stated in the beginning of this broadcast. This question begs to be answered. Why do environmental organizations exist? What are their true priorities? 
to protect and proliferate their organizations. They will not address the most dire issues of all regarding the environment, starting with the climate engineering factor, the single most destructive human factor ever, and the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face short of nuclear cataclysm, and they will not address it. They refuse to acknowledge the climate engineering elephant in the sky, and they continue to push so-called renewable energy sources, all three major forms of which are being radically diminished by climate engineering. Not that so-called green energy was ever actually anything it claimed to be in the first place. Again, view the documentary Planet of the Humans to learn more. But consider that every form of alternative energy, solar power, wind power, and hydropower, are all being radically reduced by climate intervention operations. Less direct sunlight, a scenario labeled as global dimming, less overall wind, a scenario that is labeled as global stilling, and less overall global precipitation. Geoengineering operations are the core causal factor for all. All three decimating the primary forms of so-called alternative energy. Let's go further down the rabbit hole on the Siberian incinerations as they are now a key piece of the puzzle regarding our collective future. How many have any idea, again, that over 43 million acres have now incinerated in Siberia this year, shattering the former record? The fires are burning so intensely that vast swaths of smoke blot out the sun. For the first time in recorded history, smoke from the fires in Siberia has drifted thousands of miles away to reach the North Pole. Exactly the point for the geoengineers. Please, again, search, view, and share. Wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. It's one of our most important reports. Let's consider more from this report that we hear nothing about in the U.S. The intensity of the mini infernos has closed airports, roads, and prompted evacuations. The smoke's cover is so vast that NASA estimated it measured 2,000 miles from east to west and 2,500 miles from north to south. As global warming intensifies, reports the Moscow Times, Russia in general is warming 2.5 times faster than the rest of the planet. This statistic is alarming because 65% of Russia is covered in permafrost, which holds a large amount of carbon and methane. As permafrost melts, stored greenhouse gases are released, which in turn warms the planet, leading to more permafrost melt. It's called the feedback loop. The report from the Moscow Times in states, even if global carbon emissions fall drastically, a third of Siberian permafrost will melt by the end of the century. So says the Moscow Times. What a pack of lies. Methane is spewing from the Arctic, from Siberia, from the Laptev Sea in the Arctic. Methane, again, over a 10-year time horizon, 120 times more potent than CO2 as a greenhouse gas. And they claim a third will be melted by the end of the century. Let me put this into mathematical context. On the current course, this planet may look like Venus by the end of the century. There is thought to be 10,000 gigatons of methane stored in the Laptev Sea of the Arctic. If one half of 1% of that releases... 50 gigatons. That would be a 400% increase in the overall greenhouse gas forcing effect that we have right now. What does that translate to? Game over. And they claim that a third could melt by the end of the century. Again, we're back to Venus syndrome with no one willing to admit it in the so-called science community. Next headline, same theme of Ridiculous deception from the so-called experts. Climate change from a nuclear war smoke could threaten global food supplies and human health. Could? Could, may, might? Is there no one in the so-called science community that is capable of telling the truth? This report goes on to say this. 
This also could lead to a loss of most of our protective ozone layer, taking up to a decade to recover. A decade? Let's look at past paleo mass extinction events, like the Petum event 55 million years ago, Paleocene-Eocene thermal maximum, equilibrium period afterward, 10 to 20 million years, not 10 years. No one can tell the truth in academia, and that's why we're in this dark corner, not in the medical industrial complex, not in the climate science complex, not in the military-industrial complex, and certainly not in government. Lies top to bottom. Next headline from NASA. We know they tell the truth, right? Not so much. Unusual snowfall in Greenland, they say. It was, in fact, the remnants of Hurricane Larry that delivered snow to Greenland just as the summer melt season was coming to an end. How convenient. Chemically ice-nucleated material dropped on Greenland Anywhere there's enough moisture, this can be done, and it will be done. The NASA report goes on to state, quote, It's unusual to see such a high rate of snowfall so soon after the end of the summer mount season. We are going to see many winter weather whiplash events, as we have seen in the past, but it's going to be worse because the climate engineers are now more desperate than ever to mask the true severity of planetary meltdown from populations until the last possible moment. If you want to understand what chemical ice nucleation is for weather modification, and there could be no legitimate discussion about climate engineering without addressing that fact, that that element of the ongoing climate engineering operations, please search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about that. Next headline, same theme. Sea ice in the region just north of Greenland set a new record low ice thickness. That doesn't really fit with the unusually early snow, does it? Again, none of this is nature. It is not nature. It is climate engineering at this point. From Severe Weather Europe, this stratospheric polar vortex returns for winter 2021 and 2022. They know this already because that's what's being scheduled. Ionosphere heaters are used to help create this scenario. At what cost to the atmosphere? We're all about to find out very soon. If it's not yet clear, let me make it clear. The controllers are tightening the noose from every conceivable direction. I'm almost out of time for this week's broadcast. Please forgive me if I rant for a moment. I once shared the following story and reflection on a previous broadcast. Forgive me for doing so again. It is relevant, and there are many new listeners. I grew up on nature documentaries and reading as many nature books as I could find. One particular documentary I viewed revealed how hunters tricked and thus caught monkeys for their consumption. They would securely tie a transparent container to a tree, a container with one opening, just large enough for the monkey to put his hand through. The hunters would then put a fruit inside the container, one that the monkeys crave. As they watched from a distance, the monkey came, inserted his hand, and grasped the fruit. The hunters approached the screaming, thrashing, and flailing monkey, He would not let go of the fruit no matter the cost, which of course was his life. The monkey had been tricked into sacrificing his own life. I was only 10, but the profoundness of what I had just viewed struck the deepest of chords. The image is still in my mind. So many in the human race, most specifically in first world nations, have been and continue to follow the same path as the monkey I witnessed in this documentary from so long ago. Yes, the controllers want total hegemonic power. But again, they're not the only ones that are to blame because so many among the ranks of the human race have not been willing to face the truth, have not been willing to keep unchecked power brokers on a tight leash. So many have not been willing to take only their share 
of Earth's bounty. So many have not been willing to give back more than they take. All future generations have been sacrificed. They will never be if the human race remains on the current course. Consider the following timeless statement made by Henry Bergson, who said this, Fortunately, some are born with spiritual immune systems that sooner or later give rejection to the illusory worldview grafted upon them from birth through social conditioning. They begin sensing that something is amiss and start looking for answers. Inner knowledge and anomalous outer experiences show them a side of reality others are oblivious to. And so begins their journey of awakening. Each step of the journey is made by following the heart instead of following the crowd and by choosing knowledge over the veils of ignorance. Willful blindness and hopium won't save us. When nature dies, we will die. Years ago, I shared the following experience on this broadcast. Forgive me for doing so again. The experience haunts me to this day. In 1987, I was touring a zoo in Colorado. For me, a sad and difficult task. Miraculous and beautiful creatures don't belong in cages. As I came to the enclosure of a large and long-limbed spider monkey, he came to the front of his pen. He scaled the bars. He stared directly into my eyes. His gaze moved me to the marrow. I could not look away. What he did next burned a memory into my soul that will never fade. This incredible being reached out to me through the bars with his long arm. He opened his hand. I moved as close to the barrier as I could. I reached out to him. His hand clasped mine. I can still feel his leathery palm. His grasp was so gentle, so measured, so conscious. He continued to stare into my eyes from behind the bars that held him captive. One of the zoo staff abruptly ended my communication with this prisoner. But I have never forgotten it. It will never leave me. How can the human race, with such callousness, treat nature with such contempt? I will never understand, ever. The greatest assault ever launched against the web of life by the human race is the ongoing and accelerating climate intervention insanity, which is actually much more than stated. There are many layers and levels, none of them benevolent. Is it too late to make a difference for the better? How can we know unless we apply ourselves fully to the task? We are here for a reason, and now more than ever before is the time to summon our courage and rise to the occasion at hand. The trees, the bears, the birds, the bats, the bees, the butterflies, none have a voice except for us. Every single day matters at this point. A critical mass of awareness must be reached in the general population, a form of awareness that goes beyond knowing and includes doing. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about how you can help in this all-important effort. Share credible data from a credible source. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay strong, stay safe. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.